You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 14th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk a little bit about what's next for Jamal Mosley as he begins to take over the Orlando Magic, the immediate things that he has to take care of to get this to get this thing going. We'll also continue our draft previews. We'll talk a little bit about James Booknight. And Team USA gets a win. Hooray. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. The search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Lando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows our team best. Want the lowdown? On the Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns ahead of tonight's Game 4. Check out Locked On Bucks and Locked On Suns. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week on Thursday at 5 p.m. That's Thursday at 5 p.m. to get in on the action and join the conversation only on Spotify Greenroom. So we've had some time to digest things. I've let my podcast, you know, with the hire of Jamal Mosley and the introduction of Jamal Mosley kind of sit there in your inbox for a little bit. Um, Yeah, I need some sleep. I'm sorry. Uh, But now we move on to the next step. Now we move on to the next phase of things. You know, I talked on yesterday's episode a little bit about what Jamal Mosley has to accomplish in his first year and how while the Magic are still rebuilding and certainly not expected to do very much uh, in the 2022 season, that there's still a lot to get done, that the foundations for what Jamal Mosley is going to build and who he's going to be as a coach will get laid here in this first season. That's all completely true. And while, again, wins and losses may not be the measure of success, certainly we want to see some wins, we want to see some progress, it's going to be more about how players progress, how players get better, and the identity that begins to get formed. And for Jamal Mosley, then, some of his most consequential decisions are going to happen in the next few weeks. Uh, During his introductory press conference, Jamal Mosley did not get into this, but perhaps the most important thing that he's going to do is going to be decisions that he makes, uh, decisions that he and the Magic make, because I don't don't think it's completely on him, decisions that he and the Magic make over the next few weeks. Hiring an assistant coaching staff is vital to the success that Jamal Mosley will have. It's vital to to, to everything that the Magic are doing because head coaches aren't the ones doing most of the player development legwork. While I think Mosley will be a little bit more hands-on because that's his DNA, that's who he is, there is a lot more delegation that has to happen as the head coach. As the head coach, you are the CEO of the coaching staff. You're managing everyone. You don't always have the time to get down in the weeds and get dirty. That's that's the truth. Um, and, and so things are going to change for Mosley. So while you know his player development reputation is very, very strong, that's going to change a little bit. Um, that's going to change a little bit now that he's in the lead chair. During his introductory press conference, Mosley did not get into what he was looking for from an assistant coaching staff. Um, he said that was a conversation that 
he and Jeff Weltman would be he Jeff Weltman as well as the Magic's front office staff would be having on on uh, on Tuesday or very soon after that introductory press conference. Uh, and it was something that they you know it's something that they probably discussed through the interview process. Uh, you know, if, if I were a head coach, I'd want to know before I walk in, you know, what's my budget going to be for an assistant coaching staff? Like, what are my parameters for for filling out my staff? What control do I have over my staff? And you know, again, the interview process is very much a back and forth question and answer um, in, in a lot of ways because there's only thirty of these jobs and there are far more qualified candidates. You can wait it out a little bit. <laughs> You know, I think I think some of the better coaches and some of the better coaches or some of the interested coaching candidates know know when the opportunity is right and know when it's time to kind of weed things out. But who the Magic hire as assistant coaches will be vital. Um, Mosley provided a little clue of this on the NBA on the Orlando Magic Pod Squad um, with Jeff Turner, uh, George Galante, and Dante Marcatelli. And if you have not listened to that yet. I would say wait till the end of this podcast and then put that one next in your queue. Um, it is a very good listen. You learn a lot about Jamal Mosley on there. But one of the more interesting comments that he made during that conversation um, was about his assistant coaches. He said he wants teachers. You know, he might be looking for a mix of veteran coaches and young coaches, but he wants teachers. He wants he wants guys that are good communicators. He wants he wants people who kind of match his style. As, as assistant coaches, as players who will work more directly with the players. And I think that's good. I mean, again, I think I think what's been really impressive about, about Mosley and the thing that I really wanted to see from him is that he has a clear vision for what this team's going to be about and who this team's going to be, both on the court and kind of off the court and building them up because this is a developing program. This is a program that is about making young players better right now. And that's who they are. So hiring an assistant staff is going to be really crucial. Um, it does sound like the Magic will not be retaining any of the assistant staff that's currently there. Um, you know, it's it's. I don't know what the status of the assistant coaching staff is right now, kind of in this interim period now that a new coach is hired. Um, but they were in place um, after Steve Clifford's departure. Um, you know, just just that's they're there. They're under contract. They're going to do their work, and they're good player development guys too. They want to help players get better. That's. That's ultimately the coach's goal, is to make players better. Um, but the Magic are going to be looking for a new staff. And I, I know a lot of people, and, and I'm one of them, I think one of those coaches needs to be either a former head coach or very, very experienced assistant. Um, I think one of the mistakes that was made under Jacques Vaughn, who had very little coaching experience in the NBA, his assistant staff wasn't super experienced either. I think James Borrego was the most experienced uh, co- assistant on that staff. Um, he was, I mean, and again, James Rago's turned into a very good coach, don't get me wrong, um, but he he, uh, he wasn't the most experienced assistant at the time. Um, honestly, the, the experienced guy that they hired was was hired as a consultant in, in Gordon Chiesa, in Gordon Chiesa um, who, a very nice guy. Um, I, I, I got the chance to talk with him, talk with him a few times. Um, he was only there every couple of weeks. Jacques Vaughn needed a more stable presence to kind of Make sure he was doing things the right way, um, and and I think that was a mistake uh, that the Magic made in the first rebuild. They didn't set, up, they didn't. Jacques Vaughn didn't help himself, but they didn't set up Jacques Vaughn for success either. And so I think the Magic have to make sure that they uh, that they get in an assistant staff that's going to help Jamal Mosley be better. But there's a lot of other things to do this offseason too. Um, I, I am expecting, you know, obviously Jamal Mosley. He said during his introductory press conference that he has not talked to many of the players yet. He wants to 
make sure that when he talks that that when he meets them when he talks to them it's it's good time it's not just a hey hey hello quick text he wants to get to know these players I mean he wants to show that he cares about them beyond the basketball court um cares about them as people that was a huge message that he made during his press conference so he's got to meet all the players but one thing that I am expecting from Jamal Mosley is that he will be coaching the summer league team in August. Um, a young coach, first-time head coach. It's not rare to see first-time head coaches get that experience and get those reps in summer league. But the fact that so many of the Magic's players are likely to play in summer league, this is a great opportunity to get a jump start with them on what the expectations are, uh, what what he's what he's hoping to build and what he's hoping to do. I would not be surprised if he invites even some of the young players to uh, some of the other young players who aren't playing in summer league to summer league if they can make it as well. Again, not a rare thing in the NBA. Uh, people converge on Vegas during summer league. Um, it is not rare to see some veteran players or young veteran players hanging around their teams even if they're not playing. Kemble Walker used to jump in on practices with the Charlotte Hornets when even when he wasn't the need to, especially when Steve Clifford first got there. Um, I, I would love. I mean, I don't know if Jonathan Isaac's cleared to practice yet. Markel Fultz certainly isn't. I would love to see both of them there, at least just to just to get FaceTime with the with the coach and and be there. I'd love to see Wendell Carter there, but we're expecting Cole Anthony, R.J. Hampton, Chumo Kiki, uh, and then the two rookies. So five players off the Magic's roster. Not really six if we count the thirty third pick. Uh, potentially five or six players off the Magic's main roster will be playing in summer league, and I think Mosley coaching that team would be a huge boost to both the team and to him, enabling him to get a little bit of a jump start on jump start on, on this process. There's obviously a lot to do. There's obviously a lot, and, and, and jumping in as a head coach at any point of the year can be a little bit hectic. Um, Mosley will probably be consulted, and, and, and he said he's excited to be part of the draft process as the head coach. It's not something that assistant coaches get to do very much. Um, I don't think that he's going to have much sway in that room. Obviously, you know, even head coaches, I think even Steve Clifford used to say, like, look, you know, when it comes to the draft, you know, I don't know all the prospects. Uh, I may watch, you know, I may watch some tape after the season ends, provide some general thoughts, but you have to trust that that management is going to find the right guys, it's going to find the right players, especially for a team like the Magic that probably isn't drafting super much on need. The Magic are drafting more off of just finding talent and bringing that talent into the building. Um, you know, you, you're going to have to trust that, that those valuations, but they definitely want to see a coach's eye or, you know, ask the coach like, hey, what questions do you want us to ask of this player? What what do you want to know about this player that's, you know, maybe not going to sway you one way or the other, but what what information does a coach need to know about this player more than anything else? So Mosley's going to jump right into that process or, or whatever role that he will play in that process as well. But there's a lot to do, and the number one thing that the Magic have to get done is hire that assistant staff, and it's got to be a good assistant staff. So that's what's on the on Mosley's plate at the moment. Uh, we're we're going to come back here in a minute and talk a little bit about James Booknight, one of those interesting young prospects in the NBA draft that the Magic could take with the eighth pick, a favorite among a lot of people. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Magic once a week, so yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. 
You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Magic podcast through our Green Room Conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room on Thursday at 5 p.m. That's tomorrow, Thursday, July 15th at 5 p.m. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile and link your Twitter and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at P. Rossman Wright. That's P R O S S M A N R E I C H to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week on Thursday at 5 p.m. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Orlando Magic. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Let's get back into some draft prep. I know we've been so focused on the coach. We are about two weeks away from the NBA draft. It is coming to crunch time. Clutch had their pro day yesterday. Just a, you know, kind of a generic workout, I suppose. Um, just kind of a promotion for for their their clients. That included Moses Moody, some some impressive dunking, but not a lot learned from from that uh, from that show and from that from that workout. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the magic have had some some guys in. We've talked about Corey Kispert. We've talked about Moses Moody. We've talked a little bit about Scotty Barnes. We'll kind of circle back around to him as well. But today, I want to talk about another favorite for the Orlando Magic. Um, a a a, a person a player that a lot of Magic fans have pegged as the number eight pick in the draft. Um, and that is James Booknight. Look, uh, James Booknight is one of the more interesting uh, prospects in this draft. Um, he only played 15 games this year because of an injury. His shooting percentage, his shooting numbers weren't good or as good as they, they could be because of that injury. It was a, a, an elbow or wrist injury, I believe. Um, but this guy is a bucket. You know, the one thing the Magic need, the one thing the Magic don't have is someone who can create their shot off the dribble. Someone who could just, you could give the ball to and they can score. Now, Cole Anthony might end up being that kind of a player. Um, Cole Anthony is probably the closest that they have to that. Markel Fultz can do it a little bit if he can get to the basket um, and, and get to that mid range jumper that he's so good at. But the Magic don't have just a bona fide score. Um, I've trotted this stat out or this fact out uh, numerous times. Um, the Magic have not had a guard or wing, so non center, score 20 points per game in a season since Steve Francis in 2004. It's a long, long time. Actually, sorry, 2005, excuse me. It's been a long, long time since the Magic were able to have just a guard who could get his own shot, who could create a tough shot. Um, you know, Terrence Ross needs help creating his tough shots. Um, but the Magic don't have a bucket getter. And, you know, one of the reasons why I think so many Magic fans are enamored with Jalen Green, or with Jalen Green, and we'll talk about him in a little bit too, Um one of the reasons why I think the Magic are so enamored with Jalen Green is his ability to create shots off the dribble, his ability to just score. At the end of the day, you need guys who can score. You watch the playoffs. The playoffs are about tough shot makers. Can you beat a defense that knows exactly what you're going to do anyway? That's that's what's going to take to win in the postseason. I don't know if James McKnight gets quite to that level, um, but the potential is certainly there. Um, I've kind of joked, and I'm not necessarily comparing their games, but James McKnight to me feels like someone who's very undervalued in this draft because he didn't play very much or because of, of the college game. But when he gets to the pro game, if he shows the intangibles that he's willing to work harder than everyone, if he shows those intangibles, then he is capable of being a breakout player. This is a gifted score. This is a very gifted player who can score really at all three levels. He can get to the basket. He's got good athleticism to finish at the rim. 
He's got a good mid-range game, and he's got a good three-pointer. Um, this is a three-level score. And the question is whether he can do that at the NBA level. Because if he can't do those things at the NBA level, then what do you have? I've kind of joked that James Booknight's either going to be the next all-star player in the NBA, or he's going to end up being Trey Burke. And he's not as small as Trey Burke, so maybe that's a little unfair to him. But there's a wide range with James Booknight. And and one of the reasons maybe I've shied away from him is because I I want a shorter thing with the eighth pick um, than that. But Booknight's numbers stand out. He's got great dribble moves. He's able to work and create his own shot. And so if the Magic were to draft him, you'd have to couch him as the team's future star. You have to believe that he is the next star to make it work. Um, an elbow injury really ruined him last year. He shot 29% from beyond the arc, but his 80% free throw shooting certainly suggests that his shot is not broken by any stretch of the imagination. Booknight is going to score. He's not necessarily going to play make or make others better. And that'll be a question for him as he continues to develop throughout his career. But everything about him goes back to his scoring ability. Um, Again, I, I, I feel like that's the only thing that needs to be said on repeat. Is This is a guy who knows how to create space, get his own shot, and score. And the Magic need that. That's why he's on the radar. That's why he is a very serious pick for the eighth pick. That's why he's a favorite for a lot of fans for the eighth pick. I've made no bones about it. My favorite for that pick is Moses Moody. But that's because, again, and I know I've said this numerous times, I'm a little more conservative. If I'm going to take a a home run swing with Jonathan Kuminga, I want a single or double with Moses Moody. I don't, uh, with with that eighth pick. I don't need, I don't need two home run swings. But, again, I've said this a million times. If James Booknight is their guy, take him. Like, take your guy. Take your player. Don't, does not matter Take your player. I don't care what I think. If Jeff Wellman believes James Booknight is the next all-star, if he's the next Donovan Mitchell, take him. Take him. Get him on this team. Get talent on this team. You could. I don't think James Booknight would be a terrible pick for the Magic at eight. At eight. I think that would actually be a very good pick. If I weren't taking Moses Booty, I would be taking James Booknight um, because I do believe in his scoring ability. And I'd want to get him in a room. I'd want to review his tape. I'd want to review that injury. I'd want to work him out. And I hope the Magic are able to bring him in for a workout at some point, because I think that I think that he is exactly the kind of player the Magic need. They need scores. They need bucket getters. Everything else you can teach. You just need guys who have the instinct to go after it and score. And maybe that makes James Booknight the right pick. Maybe that makes him the right guy for this team. No one, no one's alone in thinking that. ESPN, I think, currently has James Booknight mocked to the Magic at eight. It's a very, very real possibility that he is in a Magic uniform, and I think Magic fans would be very, very happy with that potential. We'll talk a little bit more about the Olympic team and and them finally getting off the schneid with a much-needed victory uh, coming up here in just a moment. But first, Built Bar is back and better than ever with so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. So no matter what kind of flavor you're looking for, whether it's raspberry, whether it's something fruity like orange or strawberry, or something chocolatey like double chocolate or cookies and cream, there is a flavor for you. I've tried a number of these flavors. Um, you know, Built Bar is nice enough to send me some free samples so I can talk a little bit about the product. Built Bar is really a revolutionary thing for me because I do not like protein bars. Every time I had a protein bar, I always thought the taste was off. And then I started looking at the nutrition facts and it would be like a $300 bar. I don't want that. I don't work out hard enough to have a, a fourth meal in bar form. I, I don't. That's just not who I am. I got to do this podcast every day. 
What I need is a supplement bar. What I need is a bar to get me through my day, to kind of pick me up at the at the end of the day or at the middle of the day or, or right after workout. Something to get me going. And that's what Built Bar does. That's what Built Bar delivers. If you haven't tried all the flavors yet, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine available flavors. Most of the Built Bars come with just we come with 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from 130 to 180. Like I said, not a meal bar, not a meal replacement bar. This is a pure snack bar to give you that little boost that you need throughout the day. It only comes with four, four to five grams of sugar. You can't ask for more from a product with chocolate. Plus, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action, too. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today on the road to the finals, our Olympic basketball coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Well, all is right in the world. The United States with a huge win over Argentina is like 108 to 80, I think. Um, just a a, 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 a a thorough, just a much-needed just confidence boost. Um, and the big part of this game was the assist, the passing. Uh, unlike the previous two games where it looked like the U.S. was playing an all-star game and trying to go at it alone and just getting frustrated with defenses that were more tied together than they are, the U.S. finally played what we've come to know and expect to be USA basketball. High-pressure defense, forcing turnovers, getting out in transition, and moving the ball. Um, yes, we all know the U.S. has the talent to win. Uh, they have the most talent in this tournament. What they don't have is cohesion. What they don't have is just an established program. They don't have guys who've been playing together for a really, really long time. Um, that's the advantage every other country in the world has over the U.S. right now um, with kind of the state of the USA basketball program or the USA senior team um, as far as a basketball program. But we finally got to see the U.S. play USA basketball. They did a really good job, I thought, putting pressure on Argentina, but really it was about the ball movement. I think they had 27 assists on like 36 made shots or, 30, or 32 made, you know, some obscene number. The ball moved. Um, it didn't stick. Now, I would still say from watching the game that the U.S. is still a little bit getting used to each other. Draymond Green and Damian Lillard have great chemistry together. They, they're actually, uh, apparently, you know, Steve Kerr said they're running some Warriors sets with, with Draymond and, and, Dame, and Dame with Dame and the, and the Steph Curry role, which is just absolutely fun. And I think, honestly, I don't know if Kevin Durant's playing at half speed or not. Damian Lillard's been the best player on this team so far. Uh, but the U.S. finally, A, made shots, which is such a huge deal, but... Um, they're able to get the ball moving. They're able to, to play with play together. They're able to get the, that pick and roll game going. They finally look like a cohesive unit. Um, and so after two, you know, very difficult games, you know, a couple of close losses, um, the U.S. finally looked like a team. Um, finally looked like they 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 got that monkey off their back. They finally looked like they 
They got over the hump and, and got that win. And of course, you know, even their losses are close. They're not getting blown out right now. Um, you know, this isn't Puerto Rico in 2004 um, where they just got pick and rolled to death. Um, you know, I think the U.S. has that appropriate fear now. Um, and they'll get a chance for a little bit of redemption against Australia later on this week. I, I think that the U.S. is still in a decent spot. I, I still think they're the favorites to win the tournament, obviously. It's just about coming together. Um, Durant's going to have to increase his intensity. I think the U.S. will rely less on its bench when the Olympics begin. Um, they obviously have the depth. That's one of their advantages. So I'd like to see them continue to press a little bit more um, like Coach K used to do. Um, but, you know, I think this team is still coming together. So, yes, those two losses earlier in the week were terrible. Very bad look for the U.S. Very bad look for the team. But overall, I, I do think that I do think that the, the U.S. is fine and everything's going to work out okay when it comes to to the Olympic basketball tournament. We'll talk more about the Olympics as they come up um, and as we get through that process. We'll also talk about the NBA Finals on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic with Game 4 tonight as well. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. If you're tuning in, him will you can play Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them listen on podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me again on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And don't forget to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Presented by Locked On in Odyssey. Starting July 19th, you'll get analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts, like me, are making selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. Be sure to check out our Spotify Green Room Thursday at 5 p.m. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Frost and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.